Well, hello, everybody. It's uh, me, John Deeks, and welcome to the very first edition of Mind Your Own Retirement, podcast one from uh, your friends at Your Life Choices. Kay Fallick is with me, the publisher. How are you, Kay? Hey, John. How are you? I'm doing well. Now, this is our very first podcast together. I'm excited. I'm excited, <laughs> too. And I'm going to start by finding out a little bit about you. I'll tell you very quickly about me first, because, you know, it's all about me. No, it's not. It's about you. I think it's about you. I'm 68. Wow. I'm right in your demo, yep. your demographic. Yep. Um, I still love working. I love travel. I love keeping healthy. I love eating well. Am I your kind of person? Uh, totally, you are. But so are people who aren't sure where they're going or what they're doing. And so that's why we're here. Exactly, exactly. To give some good ideas, to share some of the knowledge that we've got on the website. And boy, do you have some knowledge. And to make people feel comfortable that they'll have the most affordable retirement possible. Through our journey in these uh, podcasts, we're going to cover some wonderful, wonderful subjects. And I'm looking forward very much to getting into all of those. But I think probably our first segment, we should have a little bit of a chat about who you are. And can I just say, I went to your offices and I met you and I met your team and the first team member I met jumped up on me and licked my face. Ah, uh, that would be Ebony. Ebony is an integral part of I the team. I think you need to explain who that per or that, that, uh, that first interaction with your staff members was. So Ebony's name is on our daily e-newsletters. <laughs> She's a six-year-old border collie. Can you bring her in sometime? Of course, She's of course. Gorgeous. Well, what we will do is get her picture up on the website because uh, I think that's missing. You're a publisher. Uh, I you're, am. you're a journalist, obviously. Uh, tell me something about the K. Fallick story. Uh, the Kay Fallick story, I, back in the day, thought I knew better than my school teachers who told my mother I should be a journalist. I said, no, no, I want to be a fashion designer. Oh. So I did that for 14 years. That was fun. I travelled the world quite a lot. And then I said, oh, I think I want to be a journalist. My mother said, wow, how long does that take? So I studied part-time to do that while the kids were young and along the way, my husband set up a custom publishing business and David had the bright idea of buying a retirement magazine. The magazine was called Your Retirement, but we felt at that stage people thought that that meant you had a use-by date, mm. which you've just explained quite clearly, you do not. Mm. So we changed the name to Your Life Choices. We went totally digital in 2010, and we now deliver daily e-newsletters to 230,000 members. Wow. I know, it's a good number, and our members are our lifeblood. So every day they come on site, they make comments, they send us ideas, they send us questions and we answer all their questions free of charge. Now, your team are obviously very committed to, to the cause, if you will, yes, because yep. you don't uh, work with something like uh, your life choices uh, without having a passion. Um, how do you attract your staff? I guess because we care so much about the quality of our content when we're talking to people about joining us, they understand that. They know that our our real aim is to deliver the most authoritative and useful content. So And current. 
and and totally relevant, up to date, so people are are fully aware of what they need to know in retirement. So when people join us, they get with the program. Now we've got people in the office of all ages, from Ebony, age six. Yeah, <laughs> we've yeah. got young. He's a great kisser, by the way. <laughs> Young Liv, I don't know if Liv's a no, good I'm, kisser. Hey, 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 hey. No, <laughs> no, don't, no. Don't go there. No. Um, so she's in a, her early 20s. We've got Leon and, and Ben hovering around the 40s. Janelle's, um, you know, uh, uh, closer to my age and I'm uh, 64. And then we've got Drew and Drew's a 30-something, a millennial. And so we've got every age and stage creating content that we think is lively and fun. And the thing about it, and to wrap up your team, you can't work at your life choices, and really unless you're a nice person, because no. they're, they're all, no. and I don't mean like you don't want to, they're not nice to work, but you, you have to be yeah. a, a good yeah. person and empathetic to, to all because, and we're going to get into this later on, but one of the things we talked about earlier is, especially for, for women of a certain age, they become invisible. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get onto that a little bit later on. We're going to cover so many subjects and have a lot of fun. And if you're uh, listening to us now, you're on our website already. So we do encourage you to, to get your friends to listen to this podcast as well. And if they're not on Your Life Choices, and they should be, and make sure that you get as many of your friends to, to listen to the podcast because it's a great chance to, to find out more of what's happening for all of us. So, Kay, we're going to have a chat through our next subject, which is going to come up after the break. What is our first subject? Our first subject is money. We're deadly serious about the affordable retirement. So the number one question that people ask is, how much do I need to retire? Okay, we'll come back after this break. And this is our very first podcast of Mind Your Own Retirement. We'll be back in just a moment with Kay. Folks, I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, this is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pension payments and supplements. It's very well priced at just $29.95 per year. Visit pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with your life choices, Pension Checker. Welcome back, folks. This is our very first podcast of Mind Your Own Retirement from Your Life Choices. Simplifying Retirement is the publisher, Kay Fallick, and we're going to be here every podcast to have a chat to you folks, and it's great to have you here. Money, money, money. <laughs> Must be funny in a rich man's world. When we had a chat about money when I came into your office, not about you paying me or anything, but just talking about <laughs> how much money Subtle. one needs for <laughs> retirement. Um, as a, yeah, uh, how much money does one need at a certain age to retire, Kay? Well, this is the $64,000 question. $64,000 is what I need? No, no, mate, mate, you'll need more than that oh, because dear. you like sailing. However, <laughs> how do we work out how much we need as an individual? That is really the critical question which is linked to the number one fear about money and retirement, which is I will run out of money before I die, mm -hmm. right? So this in our research with the members of Your Life Choices is the number one comment they make back to us. How do I ensure I don't run out of money before I die? Okay. 
How do I ensure I've got enough money <laughs> so it doesn't run out before I die? Well, the, there's so many steps along the way. It's I'm going to try and make this simple, but it is a very complex discussion, right? And I would add, this is not financial advice. This is the, this dis- is, this is the disclaimer, folks. This is a a very general overview of what is a critical question. So in order to work out how much money you need as an individual, we believe you need to identify with one of six retirement tribes. And when you know your tribe... Retirement tribe. I've not heard that term before. No, because that is something that we have created to help people have a benchmark of where they're at. Okay. So there are six tribes. So that would be like a group. Yep. And which group are you in? Uh, They're couple or single. So to simplify it, let's talk to the three different levels. So couple or single, own your own home Mm -hmm. and self-funded in retirement, meaning not on a full or part age pension. Okay, so I've got there's a couple. Mm-hmm. They own their own home. Yep. And they are self-funded retirees. Correct. Okay. Correct. And we call them the affluence mm. because there are in retirement, thirty percent of people, couple or single, are in that situation, and we believe they're relatively affluent. And they will probably have a pretty comfortable retirement. They'll be able to afford things like health insurance, travel, the bunch of flowers, the daily coffee, right? Mm. So they're theoretically sitting pretty, right? Some people are on the borderline. And some people start retirement affluent and then gradually spend down their money and, and they then go into the next category. So tribe number two is what we call constrained. So they're on quite a tight household budget. Mm. They do own their own home, but they're on a full or part age pension. So they're a little more restricted in terms of what they can spend. They may not go on the cruise in the Mediterranean. Their annual holiday might be to go to a resort in Queensland. Mm. Very nice. But it's not quite the same as the affluents who are self-funded. And then the third retirement tribe, single or couple, is what we describe as cash-strapped. And that is because people in this tribe do not own their own home. They are renting. They are at the mercy of the rental market, housing affordability, And often on a full or part age pension, the lion's share, about 30% of their income is going on rent. Mm. They probably want health insurance but may not be able to afford it. And the difficulty for people in this group often is because of pressure of income, they actually may not have that test that the GP says they need to have mm. because the out-of-pocket might be 300 400 yeah. or $500. Sure, sure. So, and, and I went to a doctor on Monday morning and he immediately ordered a test and $500 later I left his surgery. <laughs> now, and it, this just doesn't it, include it, dental. I mean, we, we, 
you know, no, I mean, which is, of course is no. very expensive. Dental, dental is a whole other topic, and mm. I'd love to do a yeah, whole show do yeah. and get my dentist in to explain how it doesn't work for older people. Okay. Yeah. He, might, he might be able to give me an examination for free at the time. We will ask him, John. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Collingwood supporter and I have my own teeth. <laughs> And you are too. too. I know. Let's not alienate our audience. Let's not alienate our audience. Um, so, um, I, I'm obviously, I want to target in on the on the folks who are uh, in the highest stress here. Kay, what what can we do for them? So they are cash strapped, couple or single, and I think the first important piece of information is to know typically how much people in this tribe are spending. So we run, and the reason we created the tribes was we decided we would run on a quarterly basis a retirement affordability index which tells every tribe typically what people in their situation spend weekly, monthly and annually. Now, obviously, there's a lot of numbers rolling around here, but for argument's sake... If we're looking at the tribes and we're looking at what people who are um, cash-strapped are receiving and spending, cash-strapped singles typically every year spend about $23,000 in retirement. Now, that is roughly aligned to the full age pension, which with entitlements is around 25000 So what people who are single on a full pension and renting, essentially they're spending pretty well everything they receive in income. And when we look at cash-strapped couples, again, typically they're spending around what they earn on the full-age pension, which is around the $36,000 mark. It concerns me greatly that so many, and I know this has been mentioned before, many other places, but they might try and cut back on not only medical, but also things as basic as heating, good food. Well, years ago, I was on a radio program and I was asked how do people manage on a full pension? And I said, every winter, it gets to a heat or eat discussion. So do you switch the heating on as much as you want to? And let's face it, um, people in in the southern part of our great continent have suddenly felt the cold snap of winter in the past few and weeks. If I might be so bold as to say that some of our elderly um, feel the cold a lot more than others. Absolutely, absolutely. My father was the one who kept, unlike normally it's the woman putting the heater up and the male putting it down, my dad was the one who put it up. My mum was very kept conscious. Kept putting more briquettes in there, right? Eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but is, is do you keep your heating on and keep yourself warm and cosy or do you cut down on maybe you won't have as much meat but maybe your doctor's saying your iron's low Mm. and I think a a lot of people who are still working a a lot of us who are, are financially managing or comfortable think well of course if my doctor says my iron is low I'll have more spinach and more steak and this that and the other But really, when you're on a full-age pension and you're renting, there's no, of course, about anything. Mm. There there is very little discretion in 
what you will do with your income this week, which is about, and our members tell us this, I would love to buy a bunch of flowers every week. Mm. I would love to buy my niece, niece a birthday present, mm. but I can't. And that's when you're really up against it, which is why as a website, our point of view is the base rate of the age pension is too low and it must be raised. And, and we advocate on that point. And you do lobby in Canberra, I know. We you, do. You do. Yeah. We do. So we will uh, send submissions to inquiries and the recently returned Morrison government, the Treasurer, Mr Frydenberg, has said he will have that long-awaited retirement income review. And we can't wait for that mm. because along with other groups representing older Australians, We've all been saying for the past eight or ten years, we need a review. The last time the base rate of the age pension went up was in 2008. Mm. It was 11 years ago. It's, it's, it's in the far distance. We need more money. We should get uh, Josh on the show. Absolutely. Well, you ask him. I will. I've got his number, <laughs> so we'll definitely get him on the, on the yeah, program. That would yeah. be great. Questions to answer. Uh, Kay... Information regarding our three tribes and more available on the website? It's on the website, but also people who subscribe, John, receive the quarterly retirement affordability index. Is this uh, your life uh, choices pension checker? No, 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 no. That's that's uh, working out whether or not you'll qualify for a pension. Uh-huh. So the quarterly free... Retirement Affordability Index is an electronic guide, an e-guide, which is a downloadable PDF. It's in flipbook format for mm-hmm. people who use tablets. Mm-hmm. And the full content is also resident on our site. So what you do is you sign up as a subscriber and then at the end of every quarter... We work with the Australia Institute to look at the latest CPI Mm. and apply that to household expenditure as defined by the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Bottom line is all all the information is on your website. Yep. We're pretty proud of it, as you can imagine. Of course, as you should be. Kay, we'll be back after this break talking about... Loneliness and Can It Kill You? This is fun, Kay. I'm enjoying it. I'm glad. I am too. Now, talking about loneliness now, and boy, oh boy, um, I happen to work on on radio quite a lot, and uh, at late night, three o'clock in the morning, there are so many people who who call who are who are lonely. So I'm very much in touch with those folks. But it's a it's a real curse in our modern young society, our very fast society. Tell me more. Well, there's been quite a lot of research done, John, and uh, recently Swinburne University and the Australian Psychology Society Mm. came out with some scary numbers that uh, 20% of people surveyed say they've never or rarely had someone to talk to in the past week. Mm. 25% are saying they're lonely for more than three days every week. So, Leon... Uh, one of our editors ran a flash poll and said, are you lonely? And 76% of our respondents said, yes, sometimes. 
and 39% were every now and then. Now, I guess the, the question that I'd love to tease out with you is one man's loneliness is another man's loving being alone. Mm. What's the difference? Mm. I think one of the difficulties is, and we, I think, are not here to get down on the floor in a fetal position and cry. (laughs) So I think we're here to try and solve some problems. But one of the first difficulties here is sometimes people physically can't make the move. And and at that point, I think... Uh, become ingrained in, in just staying at home or staying... Well, become maybe anxious. Yeah. So maybe if you haven't had good social connections for a while, and, and there's many reasons when people are older, maybe death of a much-loved spouse and mm. you've crawled back in your shell. Mm. Maybe your spouse has Alzheimer's. Maybe you're a carer. One of our members said, yeah. you know, we were a couple. We're still a couple, but I'm now lonely. So maybe you lose the habit of interacting. Maybe you're feeling very sad or anxious about how you're seen by other people. What are some of the uh, answers to that? Those questions. Uh, well, the the I think if you're feeling unhappy and think you are lonely. Maybe the first step is you actually have to talk to someone Mm -hmm. and that might be a phone call to a lifeline. It doesn't mean that you're thinking of ending your life. It means, gosh, I'm in a bad place and I want to get out of here. A GP visit, brilliant. Your GP will put you in touch with all the people who are helpful and know it doesn't necessarily have to cost you money. Maybe a loved one. Maybe you, you pick your grandchild and you say, you know what? I'm actually a bit lonely. What would you do if you were me? Maybe you phone a friend who you trust, you know? it's And, and some of the responses we had when we asked people about loneliness, there was one chap who came in and said, the weekends are tough, I don't have friends, right? And I felt like someone had stuck a dagger in my heart when I read that because I thought, what can we as a website do about this gentleman? Well, we will get in touch and we we will talk to him and say, you know, where do you live and what can you do? Now, a lot of that is is about, gosh, how bad can it get? But what if it, it's a, a low level of loneliness where you just feel you're a bit out of the loop and things aren't happening? Here's an idea. Find your passion point and follow ah, it. Yes. For us, it's footy, and for other, <laughs> other thing, and for me, you know, other uh, uh, hobbies as well. Gardening. Men's shed men's is a great shed. place to go to. We love men's sheds because you'll be there beside someone. First port of call, council. Yes. Uh, library. Library. Men's the, shed. But you gotta wanna. Yeah. You gotta want it. So CWA. CWA. Go exactly. bake a cake. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then uh, I had a conversation with someone the other day to bring this full circle. What about a pet? What ah. about going to a doggy park where your dog is off lead? What will happen? You'll be forced into talking to another dog owner. Yep. And they love it. And they love it. Yep. Um, I might take your beautiful dog for a walk. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Mind Your Own Retirement. It's uh, podcast number one with me, John Deeks, and Kay Fallick, the publisher for Your Life Choices website. And uh, let's talk about travel. I love travel. Do you like travel? Everybody loves travel, and travel, according to our members, is the reward for years of hard work. Quite right. And travel can be on the road down to the local... Um, you know, seaside resort or local local place that you want like to hang out by the river, or it could be some overseas destination. I was in Adelaide a couple of days ago, and flying back before we got on the plane, everything had to be weighed. They got a bit about it, and so everyone had to bring along their hand luggage. Yep. But I see in America sometimes actually people are being weighed as well. Is this an indicative of our burgeoning body society? <laughs> well, I mean, you'd be okay. Look at you. <laughs> I could be a problem. I don't think so. Um, look, there's a few issues here, and the latest research we've had a look at actually comes out of England, where there is a suggestion that passengers will be weighed. So why? Wow. Why? I mean, would I, mean I thought do that was this? something that America do. No, no. Well, they they may be doing it there as well, but we immediately asked ourselves, is this fat shaming? But no, but no. It's actually something quite different and it could come in and it could upset people who are on the slightly bigger side. But I'm the... leaning in now. I want to know more. <laughs> the reason for weighing passengers is apparently... Currently, they base fuel requirements on an assumed weight of 88 kilo per passenger. 88. Now, Mm. when they carry more fuel than they need, the plane burns more fuel carrying the extra load, if you can get your head around that. It's self-perpetuating. So the critical thing for airlines working on a budget is to figure out how much fuel they really, really need on that flight. Maybe they've got a bunch of skinny school kids on board. Maybe they don't need to carry that much extra fuel at all. So by getting people who are about to board to walk on some kind of sensor pad, that will automatically take in their weight. Then a quick calculation will be done and the actual plane can carry slightly less fuel. I find that absolutely terrifying information, Kay. Too much information, I find that think? absolutely terrifying that uh, the airline is working that finer yeah, line yeah, yeah. as to say, no, put three yeah. more gallons in, yeah. Frank. Yeah, you know, no. We've got a couple of large ones coming in, buddy. No, no. And here's the thing. I'm not a person who trusts big corporations to the nth degree. Okay. I think they're out to make a buck at our expense. Do you think? I think. And I think there's that fine line, oh, madam, just step on the plate. No, 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 it's nothing about you personally. I think it will become personal. Oh, yeah. And I think at some stage you will find yourself being charged more because look at the cheaper um, airlines like the Ryans. Can I bring my own petrol for the plane? (laughs) So possibly at some stage it will move into, I'm sorry, you're more than 120 kilos there's your fare. And I reckon it'll be Ryanair who do it first. Oh, well, they're the ones who've got standing up planes and <laughs> suggested taking out the toilets. 
How does that work? Well, I wear a Depend when I fly, so I can fly <laughs> between here to London and never have to get out of my seat. It's a big Depend. I do not. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's scary stuff, Kay. That's scary stuff. But you know what? I think I can see what you're saying is going to actually eventuate. Where is it going? Ah, dear. Now, um, the last thing you're going to leave us with today is a nugget. Now, I thought, oh, this is great. I'll have some chips with that after just having to talk about... <laughs> Um, getting too big. But um, this is a nice little piece to wrap up every single one of our podcasts with, and I think it's a fantastic and positive way to finish. But uh, first of all, explain a nugget. I worked with a lady in London a million years ago. She was an editor, and she said, the day is not wasted if you've learned one new thing, and that would be a nugget. So... Every podcast... Oh, just say that again. So Margaret's idea was your day was not wasted if you learnt something new. I love that. And every time something came up, she'd go, oh, that's a nugget. Ah. And I carried that with me and our family now recognise nuggets. Yeah. So when someone says something that's super interesting, it's a new idea mm. or it's an explanation of something mm. that you didn't quite know, mm. um, you pick up your nugget and go forward. Kay Fallick, can you give me a nugget before we go? Of course. So the name of the first ever self-help book was Samuel Smiles. His, what a lovely name. The name of his book, Self-Help, And he wrote it and was rejected by a publisher who he sat next to 20 years later and published the book. Did he sell? And by 1904, a quarter of a million copies of self-help were out there. Go, Mr Smile. I know. And the quote from his book, Hope is like the sun, which, as we journey toward it, casts the shadow of our burden behind us. Right. (laughs) Go again, quickly on that. Hope is like the sun. I'm going to the sun. I'm I'm only a bloke, so you have to give it to me very slowly. (laughs) Hope is like the sun. Like the sun. Which? Which? As we journey toward it. As we journey towards it. Casts the shadow of our burden behind us. Well, that's pretty heavy, Kay. I know, but our burden's behind us, John. Let us go forth. (laughs) Hear, hear. And, folks, you can go forth by listening to every one of our podcasts. Kay, thank you. It's been an absolute joy to be able to speak to you today. John, thank you for being here. And we'll uh, have lots more folks in podcast number two. Join us when Kay Fallick, the publisher of Your Life Choices, uh, comes along and uh, enthralls us with uh, many more tales of money, whether it be health, whether it be travel. This is the place to get your information from. And please, as we always say... Tell your friends. We'll be back with another podcast very soon. Mind your own retirement. Part of your life choices, simplifying retirement. <laughs>